Today's reading is from 1 Samuel, chapter 21, verse 1, to chapter 22, verse 5. David went to Nob, to Ahimelech, the priest. Ahimelech trembled when he met him and asked, Why are you alone? Why is no one with you? David answered Ahimelech, the priest, the king sent me on a mission and said to me, no one is to know anything about the mission I am sending you on. As for my men, I have told them to meet me at a certain place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find. But the priest answered David, I don't have any ordinary bread on hand. However, there is some consecrated bread here, provided the men have kept themselves from women. David replied, Indeed, women have been kept from us, as usual, whenever I set out. The men's bodies are holy even on missions that are not holy. How much more so today? So the priest gave him the consecrated bread, since there was no bread there except the bread of the presence that had been removed from, the, from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. Now one of Saul's servants was there that day, detained before the Lord. He was Doeg, the Edomite, Saul's chief shepherd. David asked Ahimelech, don't you have a spear or a sword here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was urgent. The priest replied, The sword of Goliath the Philistine, whom you killed in the valley of Elah, is here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There is no sword here but that one. David said, There is none like it. Give it to me. David at Gath. That day, David fled from Saul and went to Achish, king of Gath. But the servants of Achish said to him, Isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands, and, but David his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, king of Gath. So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors of the gate and letting saliva run down his beard. Achish said to his servants, Look at that man, he is insane. Why bring him to me? Am I so short of mad men that you have to bring this fellow here to carry on like this in front of me? Must this man come into my house? David at Adullam and Mizpah. David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. When his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. All those who were in distress or in debt or discontented gathered around him and he became their commander. About 400 men were with him. From there, David went to Mizpah in Moab and said to the king of Moab, 
Would you let my father and mother come and stay with you until I learn what God will do for me? So he left them with the king of Moab, and they stayed with him as long as David was in the, in the stronghold. But the prophet God said to David, do not stay in the stronghold, go into the land of Judah. So David left and went to the forest of Hereth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great. Uh, thank you, Ratna, for reading. Uh, Clarissa for praying. So I just realized that I did the announcements with this thing around my neck instead of here. If you missed anything, please let me know. <laughs> I think I haven't got it together today, so why don't we pray together? That would be really good. Now, Father, thank you for your words. Thank you, your word about Jesus. Uh, is living and active. Please speak to our hearts. Make us hear what we need to hear from you by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Great, yeah. Uh, so with, this was only like one third of the reading. I hope you've been reading along with uh, uh, 1 Samuel. This is 21 to 23. Next week, 24 to 26. Uh, but yeah, keep this passage open. We will look at it. Or maybe should I say, keep this passage unlocked? Because I know many of us, we use... Uh, our smartphones, right? <laughs> I mean, smartphones are a great invention, but it's so nice to have a, a Bible app on there. Uh, I don't know what your favorite one is. Uh, I've got lots of tips, but it's so great, right? You never forget to carry your Bible. You always have it with you. Uh, it's wonderful. Did you know, though, that Bible apps can save your life? Did you know that? Many Christians, uh, for many Christians, a lifesaver. Why? Because they live in countries where it's just illegal to be a Christian, right? And can you then imagine sitting in a coffee shop with the Holy Bible and kind of, uh, right? You don't want to do that, but now you can just take your phone out. And uh, everyone thinks you're just on Facebook, you're reading God's Word. It's, it's great, isn't it? Bible apps can save your life. Because the thing is, for many Christians in the world, well, their life needs to be saved, right? It's not very safe to be a Christian. It can be dangerous. Uh, even countries like this, maybe it's not like that, but you know, there is people, there are people who insult you, there are people who don't like you because you're a Christian. Uh, things are, seem to be getting tougher in plenty of places in the world. And of course we don't like that, right? We want to have a nice, easy life, we want a comfortable life. And so it's not really attractive to be a Christian, right? We, we just keep quiet maybe. Um, many people actually, you know, in countries like Iran, it's, praise God, many people are becoming Christians, but actually right, the, the danger keeps people away, right? Many people, well, <laughs> being a Christian is such a cost. It's really not a very safe thing to do. Well, that's why we're going to look at today's passage. I think that's the question that's being addressed, because as we've heard, eh, this is uh, the book of 1 Samuel, all about David, God's chosen king, um, he's shown up, and there's constantly this contrast between the old king, Saul, and the new king, David. And uh, as you've heard, eh, we are encouraged to follow David, follow the new king, instead of the old king. The only problem is that the new king is a fugitive. Uh, he lives in caves, he's on the run, and you just think this is not a very safe king to follow, right? Not very safe to follow David. And of course, that's a picture 
uh, of Jesus, it's not very safe to follow Jesus. Well, we have that question, and this passage is going to address that, uh, this whole passage. Actually, if you think about it, uh, why are we doing three chapters? There's a reason for that. If you've looked at ch chapter 22, maybe you noticed it was kind of bracketed. Eh? So it starts with people coming to David, and he keeps them safe. Uh, then we have Saul murdering uh, the priests. Horrific story. But then one of them escapes, and he comes to David. And David says, well, don't be afraid. Stay with me. You'll be safe. Uh, and then you add the other chapters, and actually that's two very similar chapters about David being on the run. And many you know, commentators, what did we do? It's basically the same chapter. Well, there's a reason for that. Uh, so we usually put three things in a row. They put their points kind of in a sandwich uh, with the bread and the vegetables and the meat, kind of. That's, uh, that's what they're doing here. So that's why we're doing three chapters in a go. Um, and basically, these are my three points, but I do it in a certain order. But that's why we're doing three chapters. And I want to start with kind of the, the middle one, about Saul murdering the priest. Uh, because, you know, you read that and you, you think the big thing is just, you are not safe with Saul, right? If you're living at a time, you're not safe with Saul. But uh, we first need to look at 21, because that's the background. So what happens in 21, you've heard it in the reading, uh, David, he goes to the priest and he has, when he's hungry, he's on the run, he needs food. And so he asks for bread. And uh, I mean, the priest is a bit worried. You can imagine, right? Here's the captain of the army sh suddenly showing up at your house. You would think, <laughs> what's going on? Uh, David says, oh, don't worry, I'm on a secret mission. Uh, do you have some bread for me? Uh, my men are hiding over there. Just uh, so give me a lot of food. Now, just to say, uh, maybe you were wondering, I, I think David is just lying here, right? He's lying that he's got men hiding and that he's on a secret mission. He's not. The uh, Bible doesn't say whether it's right or wrong. I think it's probably for a good reason. He tries to protect the priest. He tries to, you know, he's now giving in good faith, uh, you know, things to David. If he said, well, I'm on the run from Saul, he'd be a traitor. It's probably for a good reason. Uh, so he gives him food, he gives him a sword. The only problem, as you heard, there was this guy there, and he saw it, a guy called Doeg, the chief shepherd of Saul, and he saw it. It's a bit of a threatening note. And then, yeah, what happens? Chapter 22, David is already long gone. Saul is being miserable because he can't catch David. And then this guy, Doeg, says, actually, I saw David. He was in Nob with the priests. And the priest, you know, uh, he gave him food, gave him a sword, those kind of things. Ah, Saul is angry, right? The priest. And so he summons the priest. They all come to him with their, with their families. And then Saul's accusing them. Why are you helping the son of Jesse, right? He, why are you conspiring against me? And, and the priest, no, we, we didn't do anything, right? We, 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 he's your commander. Or he's a good guy. He, you know, we, we just help him, right? He's on the king's business. But no, Saul won't have it. Saul has just such a... He's just going mad, right? And so what does Saul do? Well, you will surely die, Ahimelech, you and your whole family. Now, he orders his guards to kill them. They don't do it, but uh, this foreigner, Doeg, you murder them. Huh? And so, well, Doeg, the Edomite, turned and struck them down. That day he killed 85 men who wore the linen ephod. He also put to the sword Nob, the town of the priests, 
with its men and women, its children and infants, and its cattle, donkeys, and sheep. I mean, such a, a massacre, right? I mean, such an evil king that, you know, he just has this conspiracy theory and, and kills all these innocent people. Uh, it makes you just really think, I'm, I'm not safe with him, right? I'm not, you know, compare that with David. David, who just, one of the priests who was escaped, yeah, come stay with me. That's fine. You're, you're, you're welcome. I'll keep you safe. What a terrible king Saul. But, but, but how does that then apply to us? I mean, that's a bit weird, right? Um, of course, you're not safe with Saul. Saul has been dead for 3,000 years. How does that apply to us? Well, I think, in a way, um, who is Saul? Saul is the default king, right? If you're born an Israelite, Saul is your, is your basic king. You're born, you get Saul as your king until you leave and go to David. And so I think what this is saying is, well, you're not safe in the world. You're not safe in the world because what, how about us? When you're born, you're part of the world until you, you know, join Jesus, right? So this is about the world where we live in. <laughs> and you're not safe in this world, I'd say. Now, I mean, after all, who's the king of this world? Who's the prince of this world? It's Satan. So there is one evil, powerful being who wants you dead. Right? We, we know that. We believe that, right, as Christians. There's Satan, and he's cunning, and he's clever, and he hates you, and he wants you dead. And it's not a very safe place to be, right, the world, if you think about it. But even apart from Satan, I mean, <laughs> this world isn't great, right? Even if you're not a Christian. I mean, North Korea. It's very tough for Christians there. But if you're not a Christian, is it really a wonderful paradise where you live in safety and prosperity? No. Uh, Iran, uh, this, why are so many Muslims becoming Christians? Because it's such a horrible place. It's this strict Islamic country, right? The world actually is not a very nice place. Uh, even the West. I know many people thinking, oh, I should leave Hong Kong and go to the West. In the West, it will be safe. Uh, I've said it before, in the West you are not safe, and it's getting less and less safe for Christians, right? Because, you know, uh, there's pastors being arrested, and, you know, Christians losing their job because they're not pro-LGBT and those kind of things. That does happen. Uh, it's, it's not safe there. But, again, it's not just Christians, it's also non-Christians. Uh, I read about, uh, it was two years ago, I don't know if you remember Martina Navratilova? very famous tennis player, and she was a, a, a lesbian, and so she was a real gay rights icon, a real hero. Except that two years ago, she thought it's not really fair for biological men to say they're a woman and join the women's sports and, and win. And now, oh, she's a hate figure, she's transphobic, and she was thrown off all kinds of organizations and things. Right? You can be a gay rights hero and still get cancelled by the LGBT movement. Right? <laughs> You're not safe in the world. And, and, and that, you know, that's big organizations, but you know, what is this world like? There's rapists and criminals and terrorists, and you know, there's people who are selfish and nasty. Maybe you know something, your workplace. Maybe you're married to someone who's really selfish. You know? This is a world of sinners. Under the control of Satan, you are not safe if you think about it. 
right? And, and if you think, well, being a Christian is tough, uh, just be honest, right? Life isn't perfect without Jesus either. No. This world is just not a safe place. So, what should we do then? Well, the passage would say, go to David, right? All these people come to David, and, and he keeps them safe. He loves them. And, you know, that, of course, Jesus, he's the loving king who welcomes us. But at the same time, where is David living? And it, that's the problem we have. David is living. Well, 22 verse 1, David left Gath, and he, uh, he escaped to the cave of Adullam. And then 400 people, kind of in debt or discontented or bitter, go to him. Can you imagine living in a cave with 400 people like this? Man, it's not great, right? No wonder he put his parents somewhere else. (laughs) He's living in a cave. Is that what you want? Okay, it's not great with Saul, but, you know, living in a cave. And, uh, you know, the end of chapter 22, uh, you know, this priest comes to him and David says, Stay with me. Don't be afraid. The man who wants to kill you is trying to kill me too. I mean, thank you, that's so encouraging, right? The same guy is trying to kill us both. That really makes me feel good. (laughs) You'll be safe with me, he says. Are you really safe with David? Well, the Bible says, this passage says, yes, you are safe with the king. Because the king is kept safe by God. We see all these stories and we see that God's king is kept safe. David is kept safe. God provides for him. God protects him. God warns him. God makes sure sure he comes through. Every story is about David escaping, right? Uh, Here in chapter 21, first, uh, of course, with the priest. David is hungry. He's starving. Well, he gets food and a sword. You know, food that he isn't even allowed to have, but God gives it to him anyway. Just, he's okay. Phew. Uh, then he goes to Gaff. It sounds like an adventure. I think this is just such a stupid thing to do. Do you know where Gaff is? Gaff is a Philistine town. And guess who is from Gaff? Don't know if you know. Goliath. So this is Goliath's hometown, right? You're David. Where can I hide? Well, let me go to Goliath's hometown with Goliath's sword on my back. <laughs> it's just such a stupid thing to do, right? And no wonder, as soon as he gets there, hey, this is David, the guy who's killed tens of thousands of Philistines, and he gets arrested. Oh, man, what now? Well, he, uh, yeah, he pretends to be mad, yeah, graffiti and spittle, and then they just send him away. Oh, he's a mad guy. I mean, would you do that if you're the Philistines? You, you, you wouldn't just let him escape, right? You'd at least put him in prison. Whew, he escapes. Uh, chapter 23, again, Narrow escapes. He goes to uh, Keilah, uh, some town that's being attacked. I think that's amazing, right? He's on the run, but he hears about this town being attacked by the Philistines, and he goes and saves them. But Saul finds out. God warns him through the priest. You know, Saul's going to come. He escapes. Uh, He goes and hides somewhere else. And uh, again, Saul finds out and Saul comes after him. And it it sounds so desperate, right? Uh, 23, 25, uh, 26, Saul was going along one side of the mountain. And David and his men were on the other side, hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his forces were closing in on David and his men to capture them. They, They almost catch him, but then... A messenger came to Saul saying, Come quickly, the Philistines are raiding the land. 
And then Saul broke off his pursuit. Right? Saved by the Philistines at the very last moment. He's kept safe, right? Every story, God provides, God protects, God warns, God helps him escape. He is perfectly safe. He never gets caught. Even though at the same time, he is safe, well, in his suffering, right? That's the weird thing. He is safe in the middle of desperate suffering. You know, they read like adventures, but David is having a hard, you know, I think David and Goliath, he was a teenager. When Saul dies, he's 30. So it's more than 10 years that this guy just spends on the run, living in caves and trying to uh, yeah, run away from Saul. More than 10 years. And, and, and I mean, we don't see his feelings here, but read the Psalms. There's a lot of Psalms that have titles from these chapters uh, of David when he was in the cave. Of David uh, when... Uh, you know, when the Philistines seized him and those kind of things. And what are those psalms like? Well, it's always like, oh Lord, everyone's trying to kill me. I, I'm all alone, please help me. You know, you can hear the desperation. The, the, what he's going through, it, it's terrible. And yet, he is kept safe. He, all those years, he is never caught. He is safe in his suffering. He's like, he's ultimately safe. And we think, oh, if God is with me, I should have an easy life. I should be safe. I should be comfortable. No. That's not here, right? David, he's perfectly safe, but he is safe while he suffers. It's just that at the end, he comes through. At the end, nothing happens to him. And that's, that's the pattern of the king, right? I mean, David is a picture of Jesus. That's why I switch constantly between them. It's exactly what happened with Jesus. Jesus suffered, but... He got through. He, you know, I don't know. I always compare it with, uh, with this kind of thing. So you see this guy working way up high in the heights. It looks really dangerous, right, what he's doing. Really not safe. Except, of course, he has this harness and this line, this lifeline. And he is safe, right? Nothing will happen to him. Even if he slips, even if he falls, he, he's held. It looks dangerous. Actually, he's safe. Well, that's David, and that's Jesus, right? Jesus, of course, he suffered on the cross, went through all that suffering. He died, except God raised him from the dead. He was held back. He came back out. God's king was perfectly safe in his suffering. And I think, therefore, that is what for us I don't know how much you sh- what you think we should do with these chapters. Uh, David is not meant to be a good example for us or something. It's not like next time you're in trouble, here are free ideas to pretend you're mad. That's not what this chapter is about. Um, no, we are David's men. And the thing is, you can be safe with him. You can be safe with the king. You can be with him and because he is protected, you are protected. That's the idea. That's the logic in the Bible, right? If I'm with the king, then everything that happens to the king happens to me too, right? Remember the kangaroo, right? Uh, you're with the kangaroo, the, the baby. If the kangaroo is safe, the baby is safe. Because David's men are perfectly safe. They don't look like it. It looks like they're just on the run and in caves. But I think if you read to the end of 1 Samuel, not one of David's men dies. Not one of them. 
Lots of other people die. It's a bloody book. Lots of people die, lots of people killed. Not one of David's men dies. Why? They are safe with him. God's protection rests on David. David never gets caught. So if you're running with David, you will never get caught. That's the idea. You are safe with the king. Not on your own, but with the king. It's like he's got he's strapped in and he holds you. He holds you tight and because he's safe, you are safe. Yeah, which only Jesus can do, right? You know, many of us we have people we love and people we rely on. They can't keep you safe ultimately. They don't have this. Your spouse, your parents, your friends, anything can happen to them. But Jesus comes through. Jesus, he goes through death. So if you're with Jesus, yeah, you may die, but he will get you through. Uh, Satan will not get you because Jesus has you. No, you're the bride of Christ. Jesus will have his bride. He's not going to cancel the wedding. You will be there. That's the message here. Right? We, we see these Saul and David and, you know, we wonder, can I really be a Christian? Yes, you can. You'll be perfectly safe. Uh, these wonderful verses from Romans, it's, it's, it's the same idea. Uh, what does Paul say? I'm convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. At a kangaroo, in Christ Jesus our Lord. All these things, not, no, you're perfectly safe. None of them can get you. None, none of them can separate you from God's love because you're with Jesus. Life may be tough, and yeah, you may die even, but you'll just come out. You'll be safe. That's the weird thing, right? Again, many Christians, we think, you know, life should, you know, I'm only safe when life is easy. No, you are safe in your suffering. In, well, as it says, you know, shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or swords, any of these things. Yeah, that's the Christian life, but... They can't separate you from God's love because you are with Jesus. He, he's got it all. You are with him. That's the Bible. That, and that's wonderful, right? That, this is what we have as Christians. And, and no one else has that. So doesn't that make you feel safe? Uh, whatever you... Well, I don't know what the news is that you fear. You know, the, the, the one message that you hope you never get. If you're not a Christian, anything might happen to you, right? And what guarantee do you have that things will work out? Now, as Christians, we know Satan can't get me, death can't get me, nothing can get me because I'm with Jesus. That's so reassuring. And yeah, that means I can, I can live the Christian life, right? I mean, you see this and you never, normally never think, I could never go up there. But if you know you're going to be safe, I'm happy to go up there, right? If I know that I'm, I'll be safe. And so you can live the Christian life. I can live the Christian life. We don't need to compromise. We don't need to run away. Right? You can be a Christian. You can love people. You can talk to people about Jesus. You can, you can be a Christian because you'll be safe. Ultimately, nothing can happen to you. 
And we're often held back because we think, oh, I'm not, it's not safe to, to be a too open Christian. Don't worry, you're perfectly safe. Nothing can separate you from God's love in Christ. You'll get through. We can live it out. Yeah. This is what we need to hear. It's, again, it's not easy. It's up there. It looks dangerous. But you're safe. And actually, remember the first point, you're a lot safer than on the ground. On the ground, anything can happen. Up there, looks dangerous, but nothing can happen. You are safe. So, yeah, let's just take a few minutes, let's reflect on that, uh, and then sing. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your love in Jesus. That when we trust him, uh, we share with him and we can be safe. Father, forgive us when we try to look for safety elsewhere where you tell us actually that's, that's not where we're safe. We're only safe with Christ. No matter what life is like, if we're with him, we'll come through. You'll protect us. You will get us through and we'll be with you forever. Father, Please, would we know that? Would we know that in our hearts? Would we trust you? And would we be able to live for you in this world? No matter what will happen here, what, no matter what will happen elsewhere, uh, we are safe because we're with Jesus and we can live it out. Uh, please help us in that. Send us out into the world in peace to love and serve you. In Jesus' name. Amen.